Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Art of Idiocy. The Art of Idiocy. The Art of Idiocy. The Art of Idiocy. That's right, coming to you directly from Scorpion Ranch, located in Tacoma, Texas, a lawless little town right outside of Austin. Here we are with the art of NESC. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, how's everybody doing? Hope you're doing well here during the COVID crackdown, quarantine time. I, uh, you know, same old thing. But uh, but it's got me uh, off my ass and doing a few more things. A little more music, a little more writing, a lot less arithmetic, thank God. Uh, but... I'm doing more of these. Uh, my podcast finally got my my far my far back underneath me. So we're coming to you here from uh, beautiful uh, Scorpion Ranch in Chicopa, Texas, lowest little town outside Austin. <laughs> and today I'm doing something different. Uh, I'm doing this one for my friend Matt Gwynn. Uh, he uh, got my books and he was talking to me about this one story, and I had actually kind of forgotten about it. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this one. And I'm going to do it different. Usually when I do these, I kind of have an idea. I mean, I, I've written these things up, but I just kind of have an idea about it. And I try to do them just from memory and so I can add, subtract, multiply, divide to what was what was in the book. But on this one, I'm going to actually uh, read it because it's a little more complicated. So uh, I apologize in advance if uh, if it doesn't work as well. Um, I'll give you your money back. I promise. <laughs> I promise I will. So if you have any complaints, you can uh, just contact me. I will uh, talk all about that uh, that good fun stuff and what I'm going to do as a human being to help you out because I'm a giver. That's why. All right. Uh, let's get rocking and rolling here. I'm sorry I had a problem there with my um, with my computer system, but I think I'm back now. I think. I hope. We'll see. All right. There we go. Let's rock and roll. So this one is called Daryl Brown and the Case of the Missing Purse. And this happened back in, this would be 19, probably 68, 69. So there you go. Give you a little idea. So there are times that people rally together for a common cause. It might be to cheer on a sports team, to fight City Hall, or to find Daryl Brown. The latter is what I and my friends did one Saturday afternoon on Satsuma Drive in Dallas, Texas. You see, my sisters in kindergarten at the time just got a new purse. I don't remember anything about the purse except that it led to one of the greatest chases of all time. We're in my front yard as myself, Warren Cox, Mac Bilka, Pat Van Zant, Nelson Pinley, Glenn Gaggis, and a few more. We were playing Kill the Man with a Ball, which is like football, rugby, cage fighting, and a prison riot all rolled into one. Unlike something like Pie Gal Poker or Parcheesi, this is pretty self-explanatory. Kill the man with the ball. And we did. Nothing like a bunch of third grade boys hopped up on Kool-Aid, Pixie Sticks, and Shasta Sodas to do some damage to each other. It wasn't a good game of kill the man with the ball unless someone cried. You just hope that it wasn't you or you'd be Lord of the Fly right out of there. Well, we were in the middle of the game, and a few of the little sisters were watching us. It was my sister, Kristen Gaggis, Deborah Cox. They were always hanging around, which is cool. And my mother, <clears throat> excuse me, stepped out on the front porch to tell my sister something. 
and asked her where her new purse was. My sister calmly turned and told her that Daryl Brown had stolen it. None of us heard this first exchange as we were too busy trying to commit a felony as soon as my mom's voice rose up and we all ran over. My sister started to cry and said that Daryl Brown had just walked up, grabbed her purse, and took off. That's all we needed to know. None of us really liked Daryl Brown because none of us really knew Daryl Brown. He was about our same age, <clears throat> lived on our block, but he went to a different school. He looked kind of like a degenerate, which we liked, but he never talked to us, which we didn't like. We would see him get to his brother's hot ride every so often and go cruising on the road. You know, would wave at him, but he'd never even look at us. After a while, we decided we didn't like him. While Daryl probably could have given a rat's ass about what we thought, he had to think about it that afternoon. Because once my sister narked on Daryl, we knew what to do. It was time to posse up on our bikes and make some noise. When I say make some noise, because... We all had playing cards, uh, clothesline pinned to the forks of our bikes so that it would pop every time they hit a spoke. You know, like what you do, you roll a tongue like this, it goes, try that at home while you do this. So every time I say, whenever I go at home, do this with me, it'll make more interactive. (laughs) Okay. So the, and the faster we go, the faster the sound of the cards. To us, it sounded like a chopper to Daryl Brown. It would be the sound of fear. My sister said that Daryl had taken off towards the alley after he took the purse, so we headed that direction. We took off on our bikes, and it sounded like a biker rally. If bikers were four foot tall, with falsetto voices, and wearing hang tin tank tops. After that description, I guess we're more like a a gay biker rally, but we didn't care because we were out for justice and Daryl Brown. All right. So we tore down the alley in the neighborhood, brrr, rolling faster. Then we took off across every open field, brrr, faster. Then we cut between all the houses, brrr, faster. Daryl was nowhere to be found. Man, we were pissed. I mean, we had to have a reason to take down Daryl Brown, and now we can't find him. A mob with no justice. It was bittersweet, just like a Chico stick. We had just decided about to give up as we're making a final run around the block. We're going very slow, taking any illicit movements. Try to do it slow, make it more menacing. All of a sudden, Mac and Bilka spotted Daryl Brown standing in the middle of an alley. Dead man walking, Matt screamed out. <clears throat> Actually, didn't scream that. I just thought it sounded cool. I'm pretty sure Matt said something like, like this. There he is, in his high-pitched voice. So you have to agree, dead man walking, eh, maybe sounds a little bit cooler, huh? Man, we all shot into action, ripping down the alley. Daryl saw us, and we saw the whites of his eyes, since they were open, wide open with fear. He took up between two houses. We pedaled as fast as we could down that alley. We got to the cut through and we made a quick left in hot pursuit. We got to the street to see Daryl hauling ass towards his home. He was running like his life depended on it, and it did. It was gut check time on both sides. We tore out after Daryl. He was sprinting up his driveway. We could see that Daryl had the upper hand as he hit the front door, opened it, ran in, shut it in one deaf move as we skidded our bikes to a stop out on his driveway. Man, we're out there screaming for Daryl to come out. The longer we're out there, the louder we scream, the louder we scream, the matter we got, the matter we got, the more we wanted blood. No wonder Daryl never came out, and I don't blame him, especially after what happened next. We finally screamed ourselves silly and decided it was time to regroup. So we rode our, back, our bikes back to my house, and we headed inside to get some Kool-Aid 
as our sugar level had dropped dangerously low in the pursuit. We needed Kool-Aid to help us decide our next move. So we walked in the house. I, I, I saw something behind the couch. I had to look again. I was full by what I saw. It was my sister's purse. I, I went home and grabbed it. And, and my sister in the kitchen drinking Kool-Aid with everybody else. My mom was filling glasses as quick as my friends could check it down. I walked in the purse and I asked her, I go, Deidre, is this the purse that, that Daryl stole? Because I found it behind the couch. And she goes, yeah, that's it. I guess that's where I left it. And we were all stunned. You know, all of us turned to her with our Kool-Aid mustaches ablazing. And my mom said, but Deidre, you said Daryl stole it. And she said, well, I couldn't remember where I left it. And when you asked, I just said Daryl stole it because I didn't want to get in trouble for losing it. I said, why did you say Daryl stole it? My sister said, well, I'd seen him walking out of his house earlier, so I just, I just said he did it. I mean, we couldn't believe it. We'd been chasing Daryl all over the whole block, terrorizing him with our threats and cards on our spokes. All the while, he was 100% innocent. We were totally pissed because I think in a weird way, uh, we we wanted something on Daryl. Since he had never played with us or talked with us or did anything, we wanted something on the guy. I can't say I'm proud of that, as you always want to think you're a better person, even as a kid, but we weren't. We had a feeling of remorse for, for, for chasing Daryl for something he didn't do, a feeling of embarrassment for assuming that he did it, and a general overall bad feeling of realizing that we'd had the wish that we'd wished that Daryl had done it, so we had a real reason for not liking him. Not for the reason that we had, which was absolutely no reason at all. I love to say we reflected upon this, but we just pounded our Kool-Aid and watched our parents go all Cujo on my sister. You know, of course, my sister had to apologize to Daryl, as as we all did, and, and we needed to. And Daryl's parents came out the front yard, but didn't really say much. They just nodded and went back in the house after all the apologies. We still never saw much of Daryl after that, and I understand why he didn't, didn't want to hang out with us. I found out that years later, Daryl had bad drug problems, and, and I couldn't help but think if we didn't contribute to that, you know. But of course we didn't, but then again... We didn't not either. So there you go. There is the Daryl Brown and the case of the missing purse for Matt Gwynn. So there you go, kids. That's it for this episode of The Art of Idiocy. Please go to, uh, what is it, Apple, Google, Switch, um, whatever the hell that is, Alexa, you know, wherever you need to go to get it on any device, please do. If you've got any questions, want to email me, whatever, go to the website, chicobratx.com, C-H-I-C-O-B-R-A-T-X.com. With that, I will say peace.